What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Full Go, presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. yeah. Episode 235 of The Full Goal Podcast is what you have. I'm Jason Goff. And of course, we are brought to you by the good folks at The Ringer. Spotify is the gang still. Uh, hope we find you on a, uh, on a, on a, on a special very special week here in not only the city of Chicago, but, you know, we've got the NFL draft coming up. Of course, we're getting more into baseball right now. The NBA playoff, like this is the, and, and a lot of people say this at a lot of different times of the year. This is the, like the best time of the year if you want to just keep an eye on everything at once, because we're going to get into that slog where baseball is the only thing that we got for a long time. And then, like I mentioned, you guys going to hear from every rapper and every comedian who has ever uh, graced a microphone. And I'm not joking about that. Um, the voices that you will hear on this pod are that of Chris Sutton and, of course, my main man, Tony Gill. Fellas, how was your uh, weekend, I guess? Uh, last time I talked to y'all was, what, six days ago, something like that? We got we had two pods off. I had people cursing me out in the mentions, uh, cursing me out on replies, hitting me up on text messages. Hell, we with gold. We talk about listen. you getting pegged. What? <laughs> Jesus. Man, this, is where we, this is where we start off the, the episode. That was no, gold. We, 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 didn't, ta- we didn't talk 
talk about me getting pegged. We, you brought <laughs> oh, up oh, oh, if that oh, was okay. an option. And that's I right. said, that's no, right. that's just not how I party. My lady said the same. And then we kept it going. And, and remind me to text some awful shit to your phone because I forgot to. <laughs> I forgot to, <laughs> forgot to tell you how I felt. I just went right to Vegas and I forgot to tell you how I felt about that episode. And the people who listened to that episode wanted to inquire about those, um, you know, those interactions that I may have with my significant other. So uh, it's still fuck you, Tony. And and I think that's how we left <laughs> off last part. So, 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 so shout out to us picking off right when we left off here on the, <laughs> the, the Full Go podcast. Oh, my Lord. Um, how was your weekend, though, fellas? How, how did everything work out for both of y'all? Oh, I had a good weekend, man. I was just chilling. Can't complain. It's starting to get hot up here in the Northwest. So, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, bugs mm-hmm. are coming out, nice. birds. You know, I, I see. Complain. I see. Uh, I see. People are putting. Uh, am I wrong about this, or is this the internet uh, fucking with me? But I see in people like in in the state of Oregon and Portland specifically, like everything's behind like um, glass in, in terms of the targets. Like people are shoplifting and doing so much crazy shit. Is that San Francisco? Is that is that Portland? Like I know Portland. You know, there was a mini uprising, and uh, we're not gonna take it anymore. Folks up there said we we ain't have it and shit has been uh, a little overwhelming but is that portland that i saw that the target where everything is behind like a glass case like it's not just the cough medicine that that the meth heads try to use anymore oh i don't know i haven't really been seeing that around you know okay cool I mean, cool, you know, cool cool it's pretty chill and even that you know even that stuff I thought even so. the unrest i think that was just blown up by you know who you know what i mean oh, of course um, but uh big t in the but house but i do know i mean last time i was in sf it was pretty heavy down there so I would yeah, believe that yeah. for the Bay Area. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And and I I managed to go away for the weekend where I didn't see any children riding uh, in the streets of Chicago. So that <laughs> it seemed like it was a safe weekend back here, Tony. Um, mm-hmm. Fresh off the announcement, you know, with the not only mm-hmm. the nuptials and, and being married, but with the baby coming. How was your weekend, my man? How's how's getting ready to, you know, to, to make sure that there is a proper nest for the young Gail that is on the way? I mean, we've already started moving things around and start planning okay where's the baby gonna be and what room the baby's gonna be in the current room that i'm in right now so right right. uh whatever happens in this behind me it probably won't be there anymore because (laughs) you know we gotta get life changes baby baby. yeah Yeah. life changes Um, life changes so yeah but no man everything's been good over here instead of instead of uh riding uh from from the youngins uh there was marches you know, and in, in, in protest to make the city better. Mm. So, you know, everything comes full circle. Oh, did, did it work? Did it, I came back and the city was still standing. <laughs> so it seemed like it, yeah, I mean, it seemed like it worked. I, yeah. None of, none of the, uh, the was, shops on Michigan Avenue boarded up. So I think we good. What will people do if the Louis Vuitton store can't be open at 10 a.m. on a Saturday? <laughs> but, you know, people will <laughs> get mad at me. Yeah, you're part of the problem. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> me, the, the sports guy, <laughs> is part of the problem with these darn kids. No, nah, man, I, uh, I had a really, really good weekend. And I'm going to take advantage of more of these Thursday through Sunday, you know, kidless situations, right? Like you, you go through a whole, whole season of basketball where your entire weekends are, um, you know, domineered by the Chicago Bulls and NBA basketball. So this was my first weekend to kind of get away and not have, um, you know, shout out to my baby. I love him. He's sleeping like probably about a good 200 feet away from me right now. But hey, you know, the the Jaceless weekends, uh, we we try to turn it up a little bit. I had a chance and an opportunity to go to Las Vegas, Nevada, 
And uh, last time I went to Vegas was for a birthday, uh, I believe, for uh, my my fiance's friend. And uh, it was cool. It was cool. I hadn't been to Vegas in a, a few years, couple years. But man, I will say this. I went and did the old man Vegas shit, man. Like it was the first time I could go to Vegas without having like some kind. And my buddy George actually mentioned it too. Cause he went to go see Usher probably, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago, a month ago or something like that. And he mentioned that he went there and he's like, Oh, it's the first time I haven't had like an agenda. Right. Usually we go and it's for March Madness or something like that, or you're going for a guy's trip or something like that. But it was cool to go to Vegas and just look at everything and be like, mm, I don't have to really engage. I can do whatever I'd like. I'm here for a show. Like We did some real old people shit. We went to Vegas for a show. And all the other things uh, happened uh, alongside of it. Now, I will say this. <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada never, ever, ever fails. Like, I have covered prize fights in Vegas before. I've covered three fights in Vegas, covered one in Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, covered one in Jersey. Um, and the energy for fight night and fight weekend is palpable in Vegas at all times. Like, when you when you drop down and there's a big fight, and Javante Davis and Ryan Garcia up until this point was thought of as a fight of the year and everybody was very very excited uh, a whole bunch of rappers everywhere a whole bunch of actors everywhere i mean let me say this vegas it's kind of it's kind of lost some of its class and i know if you're sitting there like wait a minute golf what, what you talking about class like people going there to spend the rest of whatever check they had or you know that the last of that ppp money right but no and and don't get me wrong there was still brothers walking around and you know linen suits with you know 85 keys on a key ring no draws on you could tell they just hopped out of a turtle top van you know newport smoke billowing out of it like you could tell those guys are still there and the uh the blue-haired old ladies who we're just holding on. It's on the, the 18th tee box of life. You're right. Like just, you know, the canisters, everything moving. Around. Like there's still a certain level of depressive uh, imagery. <laughs> like there's still that. So when I say Vegas lost his class a little bit, I'm not out here like, man, I used to just go to Vegas and everybody used to wear suits all the time. And I was walking around with fedoras and, you know what I mean? The cigarette holders and the fucking robes. No, I'm not saying that. Like there's still your near the wells and the Cretans in Vegas. Don't get me wrong. Man, that's, you know, they keep the lights on. Shout out to them. But like we get there and things were closing super early, like 10 30, 11, like last reservation for a table. I'm like, you're in Vegas. Like, who doesn't want to have a good meal late at night after doing whatever the fuck Vegas asks you to do? Right. So we get there that first night. We really didn't do much. And at that point, I knew it was going to be, I was going to treat Vegas like Scottsdale, Arizona. I was going to treat Vegas like Miami, Florida. I was going to treat Vegas like any place that I go to where it's like, eh, I'm here. And the event is there. I'll meet the event when it happens i made the mistake though going downstairs a couple of times and playing a little roulette and you know hotel we were staying at and was, table minimums were a little steep for the kid and there was a moment where i lost 500 dollars in 17 minutes and i was like you know you know 
where the fuck is the Call of Duty screen, huh? Like, where where are the things that I know that I am okay at, that I know I will, you know, I spent $59.99 on, I bet you this, my lady hates Call of Duty, right? She hates that I play it as much as I do. Uh, that's the best $60 that she will ever understand that I spent because, you know, I'm not a gambler, but I enjoy myself, right? Like, shout out to the good people at FanDuel Sportsbook. I throw on a bet, you know, I don't turn back. I, I, hey, same game parlay, right on your head, you know, hit send, you know, you place the bet, you keep it moving. There is nothing like knowing how much money you are here to spend and gamble and then just being like, ah, just... It's just one more spin, though. Just one more. I, I turned into a fiend, Tony and Chris. I gotta tell you, I turned into a fiend. It was, um, it was, uh, it was interesting because I felt like I could watch myself make these mistakes. You know, I, I could watch and feel myself, and just say, you know what? Go back upstairs. Go, 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 go. Lay your punk ass down. My lady doesn't gamble at all, which I don't. You know, I understand, but I don't understand the appeal of Vegas if you don't gamble. And you know what I mean? Like the pool, the food. This is another thing. And this is what we'll talk about when she jumps in. You know, not the biggest buffet guy, you know, and I don't give a shit what you got at the buffet. It's been out. You know what I mean? Like, like you made this for someone else and I just showed up. <laughs> Did I show up at the right time? Did I show up late? Did I show up early? Is it hot? You know what I mean? Like how? Yeah, that that is interesting. Like post COVID buffets, like is that, you know, that's still around no matter how high end it's yeah. supposed to be. It's, it's kind of weird that that's still yeah. like yeah. a thing. Like somebody hasn't thought of like, maybe we need to switch up some, you know, flip this up a little bit. Nah, it seems like Vegas went right back to you know, it. And the place that we were staying at is known for their buffet, apparently. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, for you. it was like we used to go to Bourbonnais and there was a bar that was known for their eggs. I'm like, oh, there you go. That, that'll get them in. That's on the fucking marquee outside when you drive past. Come in. Try our eggs. <laughs> wow. What do you do with them? <laughs> you put cheese in them? Oh, <laughs> shit. Y'all changing the game over here. Like, so, you know, but the buffet actually was good. It was good, you know, but I gave her a tough time of it. You know, I made her feel like I'm supposed to make her feel because I'm an asshole. I'm not a really good partner at all. And she knew that this would be the case when she signed up for this. But we're there to see Usher. Nevertheless, we're enjoying ourselves. You know, um, there were no incidents, right? Like we, we we had a whole four day trip. No heads were butted. You know what I mean? Like we we did the Wonder Twins like high five at the end of the trip. You know what I mean? Almost got out of the airport. You know, almost got out of the airport with a little little bit of a tussle because she forgot her shoes in the um in the Uber on the way to the airport. Like she forgot like some shoes she had just purchased in the bag, right? And immediately when they took off, I was you know as a man you're looking at your lady like. Uh, they not going. Them motherfuckers are gone. Like, let's let's just be real. My man Hector, who just pulled off, who spoke zero English. Um, I don't think we're going to get him back here to the airport. And we were late. Well, I weren't late, but, you know, we were cutting it close to boarding time. And I the only flight I have ever missed in my life was in Vegas. 
the only flight I have ever missed. And it, it was so bad that I messed around and walked away from my bags and got on the phone and TSA like alerted people that like my bag was a bad bag or whatever. So I pretty much got chased by TSA through the airport as I called the person who I was visiting in Vegas to come back and scoop me from the airport. So it was kind of like a getaway kind of thing. So I'm already on edge, right? Like we got to get here. We got to get to the board. You know, we got to get to the gate. But other than that, it was, you know, we had a great time. We had a great time. Now, you know why we're here, right? Like I, I, I didn't bet on any games while I was out there. Right. I didn't mess around and I, I watched I watched a little bit. Right. But it was more of an unplugged kind of situation. Man, man, man. We went to go see Usher on Saturday night. And I will tell you all this. I've seen Usher one time before and it was so long ago that Kanye West was opening up for him. Um, Might have been something like, oh, five, something like something crazy like that. Oh, six, something like that. And it was just Kanye West and Usher. Kanye West opened up, did his thing. Usher came through and smashed it. And I will say this right here, right now, 15, 18, 20 years later, Usher's the motherfucking man, dog. Like, like we talk a lot about like the people who used to be and, and the icons that we know in, in black music and R&B music, period. Right. Because we talk about the Michael Jacksons and the princes of the world and the Luther Vandrosses and, you know, whether it be the great musicians or the great voices or the great producers, the Quincy Joneses of the world. Like just we, we, we throw everybody in that in that group, in that gumbo. And sometimes just sometimes it feels weird to throw the people that you grew up watching in as well into the greats because you're still living it. And you don't want I don't want to be the prisoner of the moment where my generation is the best generation because a lot of these NBA players, former NBA players do that shit all the time where they look at these young dudes and be like, oh, y'all ain't playing no basketball. And it's like, well, Oscar Robinson was saying the same shit about y'all, but it's cool, right? Older generations apparently supposed to hate on every generation after them. But man, that dude, like, show wasn't really delayed, even though he went and saw the fight across the street, right? Comes over, we're sitting there, DJ was fire, right? The, the, the DJ was outstanding. There was a party going on and the seats were, these are the best seats outside of sitting courtside for my birthday with Nets Bulls. These are the best seats I've ever had to an event. And I have covered a ton of events and been close or been in the press box, whatever the case may be. But these are the best seats I've ever had for an event. Um, the people around me, it was a good vibe. Like there's nothing like, I will say this, an R&B concert. I've gone to many a rap concert <laughs> where, where you're looking around and you're like, oh, we, this is um, a lot of gentlemen in here. A lot, a lot of men in here. A lot of, and, and with men, you know what comes with that. It comes ego. There comes pride. There comes motherfuckers <laughs> stepping on shoes. It comes on uh, a ton of weed smoke. You know what I mean? Like all the things that are necessary at a rap show. But an R&B show show man like if you upset in an R&B show then god bless you and there was nothing to be upset about he was outstanding start to finish he was cold man he came out, played a medley of, of the hits in the beginning. You know what I mean? He did the You Remind Me's. He did the My Girls. He did all the... He duh, he killed it. He did Superstar. Tiana Taylor came out there. Like, Tiana Taylor was... was um, 
uh, the the what was it the bad girl song he did for Tiana Taylor as she performed like in front of him. There was an ode to Atlanta and their strip club culture. The set turned into a strip show. And as a person who spent twenty two months in Atlanta, I recognize a snack pack when I see one. I know you like you got them girls right out of Onyx. Like they just got off their shift. You feel <laughs> me? The acrobatics in the air. I'm talking to my lady about like what's happening and how like I pref- I uh, I appreciate performance. Like, I know when we talk about gentlemen's club shit, like everybody's like, oh, you're just going to see naked people. Some people do. I go to see the entertainers. I can see anybody shake their ass, you know. <laughs> I, I can go I can go 15 minutes south or north. Yeah. Or Instagram. Or, yeah. Okay. Or, or Instagram. Or Twitter, yeah, yeah. Twitter. It's, it's best. Let's keep it on Instagram. <laughs> Let's keep it on our phones, right? I can go anywhere to see that, boy. But man, that shit, it was amazing. It was an absolutely amazing show. I had a fun time. He sang, okay? He sang every song. So a dude who danced, he sang, he roller skated <laughs> for, 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 for a good 15 minutes around the stage. We're right there. Like, uh, Kim Kardashian is behind us. Um, Savannah James is behind us. Uh, like, there's a whole bunch of people because of fight night. Everybody's over at the fight. Then they came over to see the show. It was just the energy was amazing. The crowd was amazing. The, the time I had, a, I had a really, 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 really good time. I had an excellent time. Now I will say this. I will say this. The moment I saw where we were sitting and I, and I knew what my beautiful lady was wearing the entire fucking show. I sat there and was like, it's going to be a decision made here today. <laughs> and if this motherfucker, <laughs> Usher Raymond, looks over here, there's a beautiful woman all in the crowd, right? But of course, I think mine is the, is the, is the prettiest. If this motherfucker looks over here <laughs> and picks my girl out to come up there and do the stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. It was some, it was some definite decision making that was going on in my head. Like, how you going to handle this, Jay? You know what I mean? And this is this is where we are as men, <laughs> right? This is where we are. Like, this is where we are, where I'm sitting there like, That was your gamble, really was. That was your gamble. It really was. <laughs> it was it was that was your this gamble. is the thing, too. This is how they play you. Because are you a secure man if you just let your lady go up there and let this man just <laughs> flop his nuts all around and fucking, you know, splash sweat all over her? You feel me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think I could ever look at my lady and be like, hey, listen, listen, listen. Uh, Beyonce is going to drag her booty across my face on this stage. And it's just a great moment for me. And, and, I, would, and I would like for you to record while she does these things. Mm-hmm. And and I would like for you to be happy for me when I come back down here. <laughs> I still want us to be a union. I still want us to be a, a, as one. But it's just a moment, you know? Like, men, you know, we know that ain't going. So the whole, like, the whole, not the whole time, but, like, it would be, like, every three songs where I'm like, oh, shit, he getting into his sexy bag. Here he come. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, anytime the music slowed down, it's like, oh, shit, here he come. Here the fuck he comes. Okay. And then I'm looking around, too. Cause I'm surveying the scene. I'm like, oh shit. 
she stands out in this section, especially. This is there's like a couple, of, you know, <laughs> like there's a couple of aunts to my right. You feel me? There's like the the skinny Atlanta girls who were twerking to my left. You feel me? The girls behind me. I'm like, y'all peasants. I, y'all behind us. I'm, I, he, if he looks behind you, then it must be a bogo. You know what I mean? That kind of vibe. Oh my god! Uh, I was sitting there for a good 15 minutes with that trepidation. Like, what do I do if my lady gets brought up onto this stage? Right. And Tony and, and Chris, I like because, you know, I, I saw some head shaking and I saw some, you know, some thinking and it's time to process, boys, real time. Uh, and, and listen, you won't get any judgment from me, but security in terms of like your relationship and how secure you are in it or just just outright disrespect. Like, like, like what, 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 what are we thinking here? And I'm not, and I'm not going to judge either way, but if, if your lady gets called up <laughs> on the stage for the Usher concert, um, what are the thoughts that are going through our heads as gentlemen? Oh, I, I can't go. I'm not going. What? Nah. For who? For what? For why? I never have to see any of these people ever again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Appreciate you, big dog. I understand my wife is fine, but nah, nah, big homie. <laughs> you gotta move on to the next. You wouldn't try that with LeBron James. You won't. You won't. So don't try it with me. You understand? So me? I'll speak on that as soon as we get Chris's uh, Chris's submission here. Well, I think my take is you gotta read. What's the lady's face like? What's her body language as she's going up on stage? Uh, smiling like, and almost, body rolling. Like, 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 like how, how, how happy is she? You know, I think that's where you got to you got to weigh that of how you're sort of, you know, you're judging your masculinity. Like, I think you're kind of weigh, it's an algorithm yeah. right there. It's like, well, it's Usher. But how, how much fun is my lady having? You know? <laughs> So you want to go up there stone face? You want to you want to hear the mean mug? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't fucking yeah, find right. you attractive. You rich, I don't attractive even want to man. Be up here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> like that shirt. I don't <laughs> like dancing. <laughs> <laughs> My guy down there, who I had to give back pills to, is he's he's waiting for me. <laughs> while you do, while you're up here doing one hand stroke push ups by yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like while while singing, you know, glue or dot com or you know some shit that, that just is made for the moment you know like that you know yeah man and this is a real thing for all dudes i like i'm not gonna be the phony dude and and act like i'm not you know thinking these things because i was like man my lady she had this beautiful blue dress on so much so that i was touching and rubbing on her the whole night the dye bled all into <laughs> to my <laughs> to my hoodie right so it looks like i've been like fondling a smurf for the last half an hour you know what i'm saying i'm I'm out here and i'm looking at my hoodie like oh am i am i faded the answer is yes and on top of it is something like bleeding on like my fingers were covered in like blue dye i didn't know what had happened i didn't know if like i maybe like robbed a bank and got that got that brick of money that's supposed to explode on you like i had no idea what the fuck was going on but oh and this is the other thing too if you're going to the usher concert already you're gonna spend some bread but boy would you spend some bread at that bar slash concession area going into that bitch i paid 12 dollars for popcorn 12 dollars for m&ms i played 19 dollars for a 32 ounce mixed drink that they didn't have any grapefruit juice with uh what else do what else is out there 
Oh yeah, it was. I got text like going in and coming out. Like it was, yeah. Oh, and then uh, it, let me tell you, Vegas, never ever again. And I know this is a lie, but never ever again am I taking an Uber Black in Vegas. Right? It will be nothing but Uber Pools and Uber XLs. Ah, Chase, you were living it up. You said you Uber were, Black. Well, you know, what? you know how. I mean, come on, man. It's, it's at a certain point in life. I don't, know. Point in life. I don't know how Listen, Jason, if I'm locked up me. for four hours on a fucking flight that, that was made for people who are five, six and under, I'm definitely going to stretch my legs out a little bit if we got a 15 minute, 10 minute car ride. Right. And it wasn't that bad. The only problem that I had, Tom, was that apparently everybody just allowed their cousin to drive Uber on their account this weekend <laughs> like people were pulling up and i'm explaining to them what signs are hanging over my head where you need to meet me at like it was it was all over the place man it was absolutely all over the place but i enjoyed every second of it uh vegas provides a different kind of energy and uh i uh i'm looking forward to going back as soon as we possibly can for another event didn't see a stitch of the fight by the way didn't get a didn't get a punch of the fight in because it was happening right across the way from us. And by that point, we were all in. Like I was I was looking forward to the the, the time, looking forward to the moment. Uh, and now we'll see if any of this will be admissible as we bring in Pia to tell you her version of what happened in Vegas. Um, and I'm sure I look like a, a fucking asshole because every time she does pop on the show, it's it's time to treat Jay like a dick. So here we go. How would you uh, sum up your Vegas experience this last weekend with me? I think it was really fun. Okay, it was really fun. Yeah, yeah. That's all you got? I mean, it was chill, too. Yeah, we didn't, you know. I that was my first time chilling yeah. in Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, if you hear that resentment in her voice. It's not resentment. <laughs> Yeah, that means that she wanted to turn up and run the streets no, and the old man no. that she was fucking with, you know, I had to have my pills. I had to have my water pills by 630 <laughs> and be in the bed by now. Don't fucking laugh, Chris. <laughs> he does fall asleep early. Yeah. But no, it was fun to not be like a part of like big crowds. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a good selling point for yeah. the for the weekend. <laughs> um we weren't really sober. We weren't. We enjoyed ourselves. We had a lot of sex. We did. We did. Oh, this is Tony's favorite part of the podcast, right? Did you tell him what you bought? <laughs> Yo. Why are you covering your face? Sorry. Oh, yeah, we're taking this let's bitch go. to the moon, Tony. Let's go. He's here now. It's a fucking Chris. Look at Chris. Chris is never this enthused. We've been doing this for two years now. Chris is never this enthused. Um, what did I buy? Oh! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you are funny. You uh, yeah. asked to talk about it. <laughs> I was talking about the whole weekend. You talking about... <laughs> you got the extendo clip or something? <laughs> hey, I roll with the extendo clip, sir. Um, <laughs> nah, um, you know, you know, your boy. I, I wanted to, I wanted to make it a, a fun, spicy type of weekend. I knew I wasn't going to be doing too much moving around, walking around. You know, I knew I, I knew all my work was going to get done this <laughs> this last weekend. And, uh, you know, Amazon, they got everything, boy. 
and they have everything. Okay. <laughs> I got like a 28 piece kit just <laughs> in the plastic. You feel me? <laughs> it's like the bag cereal back in the days when they have the box on it. And you're like, why are we eating bag cereal? Like, did someone lose a job? Yeah, they sent that shit to me in a bag with <laughs> a big ass Ziploc. All right, here you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. I just got I just got a Bible from Amazon. They said everything. Different department, Tom. Right. Different, different department. I can't fucking believe you. Oh, did was I not supposed to say that? I don't give a shit. Oh. Care? Oops. She led when we had a lot of sex and then you bought something. Like, what the fuck? This man led the pod talking that bullshit from the last one. Well. Yeah, so you know. <sighs> but we're old. Yeah. And washed. Super. So we didn't even use it. Until yesterday. Until last night. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which is why she's glowing the way she is now. There we go. No, but I mean, I I don't know if people are tuning in for this or not, but I mean, while we was there, I put in that work before before we went to the... And this leads into what I was talking about with the concert. Because I told the gentleman um, the... The insecurities that came over the kid in that concert, where the concert, mm-hmm. and then you went right to Amazon <laughs> after that, or was this before? <laughs> no, nah, man, fuck you, Tony. Is by the way, that's gonna I be like as, I know you would. That's gonna be the T-shirt for the summer. I'm just gonna get a T-shirt that says "fuck you, Tony." Everybody's gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, no, no, the Why Amazon. Do you feel insecure because. Um, you know, I, I had heard that Usher was bringing girls onto the stage and dancing with them, kind of like Chris Brown mm. did. I wouldn't you know? have gone. Oh, come fucking here. Come here. Come here. <laughs> oh, this is a little tenuous there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is us hugging because this is me finding out that she wouldn't have gone. No. No? I'm taken. Man. Isn't that obvious? You're all right with me, goddammit. Oh, it. okay. Yeah, boy. I mean, you know, and this is the thing, though, because nice, men nice. go back and forth on and being told, like, you got to be secure in your relationship and secure in your manhood. And if your girl goes up there just to have a good time, then you should just be right there enjoying the good time. No. You know? No. Okay. Because, you know, I don't want to control women's bodies. You know, I don't want to have you do it's nothing. It's disrespectful. I think. There you oh. go. Look at you. Oh. This is going a different way than I I mean, I didn't think she was just gonna go up there. Up and open. Right like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I wanted it to happen. I'm not that guy. <laughs> you put a lot of things on me. I ain't that dude. <laughs> I'm not about to sit here. You know, hey, that is now your girl, sir. <laughs> not Yikes. you, not you, but I'm just saying, you know, somebody somebody take my girl up on stage. We share that girl now. I can't. Because what I'm going to do, look at Usher and be like, oh, why I ought to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's Usher. If Usher take your girl on a stage. He would look, he would look at you right now. Oh, 100%. Jason, why while he doing was doing that? the one arm push up stroke. You know what I mean? The man was up there for two hours. Sweating, dancing, doing his He had a leather thing. coat the whole he time, had, too. He had a leather coat on. He had a leather suit in yeah. the beginning of it. So I was just like, man, this dude is the fucking man. And all it did in those moments was like, all right, Jay, you got to. Gotta get your shit right for the summer. You know what I mean? It's, 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 a, it's a bunch of dudes who don't know how to sing nor dance, but <laughs> are doing the same things that Usher's out here doing. You know what I mean? It kind of, it, it, it's good. It's professional discomfort, like I like to say. You know, it's, it's always good. Personal discomfort is always good as well. 
this is what it's all about, right? Like, that's how you know that, you know, you got your person yeah, right there. It's like, you know what? I don't yeah, have to worry nice. about that. You know, this is, this, this hey. is nice. It's nice. It was a lot of dudes yeah. in there, though, that was, that was ready to oh. fight Usher. Oh, yeah. Because oh, they knew what their girl was like. Yeah, he knew. I mean, he knew what the deal was. He actually walked past one dude. Was like, I'm not fucking with you. I'm like, all right, cool, <laughs> cool. As long as he knows there are certain people that aren't to be disrespected in this crowd. But yeah, it was cool. Savannah yeah. James, Kim Kardashian, right? Like, what what did you enjoy the most about the the concert? Um, just the energy, the vibes. Mm-hmm. I did. You tell him you didn't dance with me. What do you mean? You I, didn't really. Part, you didn't. He didn't want to participate in the dancing. You know, we started to swag surf and he sat down. Oh, because I didn't catch. Well, in the at the beginning of it, I didn't catch the uh, right bop. So the mo- it's like the the um, the bus stop or the fucking what's the the girl, the, the big girl, big girl dance. What's what what what's what song? Yeah, yeah, the wobble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, when the wobble. Yeah, you know when the wobble come on. That's when all the plates of food get put down and the big girls make themselves make make their way I like to. I like to do the wobble. So what mean, are you saying? I mean, you don't have to be a big girl to like to do the wobble, but it is a big Y'all girl. Heard what you heard? It's a big girl call call out song. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, man. I, what were we talking about? <laughs> the dancing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, like I to wanted dance. to. So this is the thing about my dear uh, Pia. Pia is a uh, a performer. Okay. And I feel like sometimes I'm just in the way of the performance because the performance is for everyone to see. <laughs> I <laughs> You know, it, it'd be different if she was doing, you know, one of these Tony where it's like, oh, okay, no, this motherfucker is. <laughs> she's got hands. She's got the Diana Ross twirls. Like, there's a bunch of shit going on where I'm like, I'm not about to be, you know, I'm not about to be fucking Tito Jackson just just over here just doing the two step to myself waiting for you to come back to me. Nah, I mean, but I was I was tapping your button, yeah. high fiving you and hugging you and doing all and singing directly yeah, into sing. your face drunkenly. Like, yeah, man, I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah. I think we I think we had we, a great time. I think we did. We did. I think we did. And then you lost your shoes. I lost my shoes. <gasps> The Uber driver stole my shoes. Yeah. The Uber driver pulled off. Y'all tried to yeah, call him back. And he didn't he answer. And he deleted his account. Have a yeah, nice the trip. motherfucker just stopped driving Uber. He <laughs> was like, these are $600, $700 pair of shoes. I could do a lot with these for the next year. I'm going to stop doing this Uber thing. So, yeah. And she was she was none too happy. No, I didn't handle it the best because I'm like, hey, fuck all that. We gotta get to the, we gotta get to this gate. That's a quote. You feel me? I didn't say that. <laughs> no, what he said was, I'm not about to miss this goddamn plane over some fucking shoes. Okay, so now I sound like Joe Jackson. This is, a, this is it. Never fails when whenever the good doctor is on his pod, I always come off sounding like a bigger asshole. All right, yeah, Mister. Yeah, and Tony doesn't fucking help at all. Um, nah, but. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Yeah. Usher was great. Um, <laughs> looking forward to the rest of the summer doing things similarly because the White Sox are fucking ass and, you know, the Cubs are going to be middling to, to a little bit above average. So there's going to be a lot of time for us to go out and consume other things to bring to the pod. But I appreciate you and thank you for, you know, reassuring me that I, you know, I'm all right over here. Yeah. I'm all right. Take that, Usher. Huh? Huh? My woman don't want you. No. She want me. 
a hundred percent. All right, the great Dr. Pia Holic on the pod. Thank Bye, you so guys. much. All right, thank, thank you. you for having another episode where people will you know, berate me and make All fun right. of me. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Coming up next on the Full Go Podcast, good old number 75, longtime Chicago Bear, spent almost a decade here, played through injuries, was a premier talent when healthy, uh, a dude who I am fond of, not only in his playing career, but post-playing career, Kyle Long former Chicago Bear, former Kansas City Chief, former Oregon Duck, now a part of the Greenlight Podcast with his brother, Chris Long. He joins him weekly, and also he's out here doing all the other media maven things that Kyle Long is getting into. He joins us coming up right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go You got the post-Vegas blur going, Oh, the post-Vegas haze is real, Kyle. Oh, my God. Speaking of haze, uh, last time I saw Kyle Long... I was uh, I was exiting a, a, a local establishment. He and I wished each other a safe arrival at our destination. Yeah, I uh, here in the city of Chicago. I'm like, hey, it's my man Kyle. Um, dude, is thank you for jumping on the pod. You know, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on. I've been trying to do this for a while now, and you know, now that you're settling into your uh, your your, your media mogul status, now you and obviously the Greenlight Podcast with Chris Long, you're jumping on there weekly. What else, what else you got going on, my man? What's what's well, what's been up with you? I've been uh, I've been enjoying being a dad and a husband. I'm working on two years married at uh, May 1st. And then um, we've got a one year old daughter who turned one last week. Her name is Frankie. She's hilarious. And, you know, just being a dad, I was texting with Olin Cruz yesterday. Being a dad is not is so much harder than I expected. I had. And you know what? It's it's not a failure on my part to prepare. That's just the way that life is. Right. right? Like right. our brains change when we have kids and we get married and. Um, I wasn't expecting the undertaking of being a father and uh-huh. let alone being a good father. So I'm just trying my best and having fun while I do it. Uh, a lot of dance parties in the kitchen and, uh, gotcha. a lot of, a lot of cheese. They eat a lot of cheese. My daughter eats a lot of cheese. You got to own a dairy early. I can dig it. Hey, yeah. Man. And what the, so talking to Olin Cruz about fatherhood, you know, I, I've had many, uh, many conversations with the OG about many of things, but anytime his son comes up or we talk about football, or whatever, he, uh, he starts to get that, that smile, that shine. It's, it's the best job in the world. It's the yeah. hardest job in the world. I got a six year old who, uh, knows a lot more than I already know. So mm-hmm. that, those first couple of years, enjoy, man. Enjoy those times before they start talking. And it goes so it. fast. Yeah, like, you um, already know. Like, I feel like yesterday we took her home from the hospital. And I was driving 35 on a 65. Um, and I was like, every bump, I was like, is she okay? Is her head okay? And like, you know, athletes, we understand the trauma of getting banged around a little bit. So I want to drive right. carefully. But now it was her one year birthday last week. Um, 
it just flies. What'd you, what'd you do? What'd you do? Uh, Tell me she, the truth. It, it was a, a strawberry themed birthday party, you know, very, very close circle friends of hers, you know, first name basis. Right. Nice. You already know. The guest uh, was she had a little cake. She had a little cake for herself that she could smash. Um, smash cake. And yeah. it was yeah. underwhelming. She wasn't even that violent. Like parents were like, we're, we want them to fuck this cake up. Um, and then they get the cake and they're kind of like, they touch uh, yourself. I'm like, no, smash that shit. Do the shit that would make the memory it, better it was for me. Fun, now. No. It was a nice day. We're we're in Charlottesville, Virginia. It was a beautiful day out here in the Word. country, and we were out in the you know in the farm field, just hanging out with the kid, watching him run around. It's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Man, I'm I'm happy for you, brother. I'm happy. You know, there have been a lot of uh, careers that I've had a chance to cover, or be around, or you know, just survey. Uh, in my time here in the city and being able to, you know, do it at, not only at the score, but at different places. And yours, I will say, man, was one of the more interesting ones in terms of what the expectations were at the outset. Cause we're in draft yeah. season now. It was gone. Drafts coming up. And, and the older I've gotten, Kyle, the more I realized one, the motherfuckers doing the picking half the time, don't know yeah. what they're doing. And the people who are talking about doing the picking 75% of the time, don't know what the fuck they're doing. So in the end, I try to just go off of tape. But you are a very, very um, interesting case study because, you know, at Oregon, you know, the, the time that you played there and, of course, being the son of Howie Long and brother Chris Long and under, understanding the athletic pedigree, the the questions that you heard coming out of Oregon. You know, obviously, your past before that. What was the what was the thing that stuck out to you the most during the draft process that I think a lot of these guys might be going through right now? That that's, a fan, that's a fabulous question because I haven't really uh, I haven't entered that room in my brain in a while. Like uh, the question, the the doubting questions that you get from coaches during this process. I remember I went on twenty one visits in seventeen days. Um, and it was my first time flying like, you know, commercial like that and, uh, going through the airport by myself, even at Oregon, we did it, uh, the right way. And in junior college, we drove the game. So I'm going to the airport 17 times, getting asked the same question 17 times. And a lot of it for me was, do you love, do you really love the game? You've got all this money, like you can quit today. And what they didn't realize is I don't have no money. Like Kodak Black said, this is prop money. This is not real money. I was like, if you think that I'm going to quit uh, my job today and my dad will take care of me and my, I can just rest on my brother's laurels, you know, 81 sacks, whatever it is. Fuck that, man. That's not the case. So, like, when I got an opportunity to meet with these teams in person and hang out with them, particularly the Bears, um, I went and hung out with the Bears. It was Aaron Cromer and uh, it was Pat. Uh, gosh, Coach Pat. It was the assistant offensive line, Pat Mayer. Uh, who ended up being an O-line coach mm -hmm. in the league. Um, but I just remember the intensity in that meeting room. And and it wasn't a lot of Q&A. It was me sitting at a little coach's office desk watching film of Cutler getting absolutely killed, running backs getting crushed in the backfield. It wasn't a, you know, a, a, it, it wasn't yeah, a college recruiting trip where they're like, you know, sit on the throne, put on the, the gear. It was like, no, no, no. Do you realize that if we take you, this is the, the war zone you're going to be stepping into? And I remember meeting that question with such excitement. Um, like, blind stupidity, really, that's is what it was. And I was just like, <laughs> I'll fucking, you know, like, point at him, I'll block him. I think that's why I told Cromer. I was like, you pointed a motherfucker, I'll block him. Oh, and Cromer oh, was jacked up like that. They got, 
And I, had, and I walked out of the building. I walked out of the building thinking they're the twentieth pick. I'm, I thought I was going to be a third round pick. No doubt about it. I yeah. thought I was a third or fourth round guy. If I got lucky, maybe late second. And I remember I was watching the draft with my parents and my brother. And I had teammates, Deion Jordan, uh, guys like that that were going to be drafted highly. So I was going to watch my friends get drafted. Jordan. And um, a lot of them did. And then all of a sudden there was a run on offensive guards. So whatever you think, if you're sitting at home getting ready for your draft to get drafted or not, there could be a run on position that you play. And uh, a lot of those guys may get picked. You're up, buddy. You're up next. So I remember there was like six guards picked. My dad looked at me before I did the math. And he was like, you're up next, buddy. And I was like, I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I don't know about this high, Dad. That'd be crazy. And then I got a call from Chicago. And Who it was Mark Tressman. It was Mark Tressman. Uh, you got welcome um, to Chicago by Tressman. That's beautiful. Yeah, this is Mark Tressman. And I think I swore on the phone call, and I don't think he liked that. But it didn't matter because, you know, I, uh, it was a lot of fun. I got there, and I had a great group of veterans around me. And they were like, this is how you live. The You know, hopefully for these guys getting drafted places, they get to go into a room like I did. It right. was Jermon Bushrod, Matt Slauson, Evan Britton. Um, you know, I got to play next to another rookie, Jordan Mills. So I was kind of trial by fire with another homie. Um, and then uh, it, it was it was just fun from there. But on the other side of things, at the at the uh, at the end of the career, the draft looks different because when I was in my ninth, tenth year and with Kansas City, I signed on as a guard. Right. Mm -hmm. um, little did I know that they were going to take Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey, two of the best interior guys in the NFL now today, three years later. Um, but the draft looks different for everybody, for, for coaches, for management, for players, for fans. Like there's so much that goes into it. Yeah, you know, the, the tackle to guard conversation is being had a lot right now because the Bears oh, have yeah, that pick. Peter Skaronsky and the, the arms apparently that are too short to box with God. You didn't have that issue. You know, the athleticism, the variables. I remember your first few years, people were like, wait a minute, this big motherfucker shouldn't be able to move like that. And, yeah. you know, and, and this is after we all, you know, chuckled after Hub threw the pen, you know, because I was I was actually producing the remote where that happened, where where Hub was flabbergasted yeah. that you got yeah. you got picked when you got there. A historic moment here. And I love Hub, by the yeah. way. Oh, I, I, hope he's doing, I hope he's doing well. I oh, know yeah. he, he was uh, going was under the weather. Health -wise, so we mm -hmm. shout out to Hub. Yeah. So no, shut love up. that guy. Dude, Hub, Hub is... I was a Chicago icon uh, for, yeah. for many reasons, but we remember the intro and then the guard and then, the, you know, switching the tackle, I believe, in that yeah. third year. Peter Skaronsky right now is having a lot of those questions of, is he a tackle, is he a guard, is, are his arms too short? Um, the, the measurables and the tangibles that, that we actually talk about when it comes to that position and the importance of that position, a lot of people say, well, you, well, you can't play tackle to kick you in the guard, but you were a guy who could play both and had measurables for both. So what should fans be thinking about when the Peter Skaronsky conversation comes up? What you should want as a fan right now is the best offensive lineman that you can get. And if that offensive lineman has utility like Peter Skaronsky, Great church. Bring him in. He can play. He can be the best guard that we've seen in a long time in Chicago immediately, or he can be an instant upgrade at one of the tackle positions. I know that Braxton played well enough to retain a position. They'll probably end up. I'm thinking as a, as a comfort thing, they might just keep Braxton at left and move Skaronsky to right. If they do go that position or that direction, if they just want the best alignment available. Now, if they're looking for the best tackle available, and I've leaned on my buddy Trey Smith for this. 
Darnell Wright's a monster. And, mm-hmm. and as, as it goes for upside, I, I was listening to uh, Riddick. Lewis Riddick talked about this the other day on Waddle and Sylvie. Um, that guy manhandles everybody. The thing that separated me from my tape at You're Oregon was when I, got, no, no, when I got to the senior bowl, I had an opportunity to play in guys, to play guys not from the Pac-12, not from, you know, San Diego State or not from New Mexico State. I was playing Mississippi State guys. I was playing Florida guys. I was playing Auburn guys. And I was so blindly stupid. So like, what's, in the my difference? what's the difference, though? Well, no, that's the X factor. He goes to the senior bowl and he dominates. So okay. I'm a big advocate of the senior bowl, first okay. and foremost, because you go look at the films of, of these guys when they're at the senior bowl. They're against like-minded, like-physical guys. And they get an opportunity to go weight class and weight class. Um, Darnell Wright's upside at offensive tackle, I think, is is the highest. Um, but if you're looking for the best offensive lineman, and I don't want to draw a comparison to future Hall of Famer Zach Martin, but Zach Martin's a guy that at the drop of a hat can switch to tackle. If Johnny goes down, Zach can go out. Um, if he's out there, um, he can also make the switch back. So you like the utility there. I know we're, we're kind of thin at tackle. So he would may, maybe have to be used at tackle early on with the option to move to guard if it's not going as planned. When you had your labrum injury, yeah, uh, and, and, and you know, I've always thought that we find out what a player is after their first real injury, and you persevered, you went out there and still played at a Pro Bowl level, a Pro Bowl caliber type of player. What what did the labrum injury do to you? Was that I know that wasn't your first injury, but your first, was that your first professional injury that really tested? Okay, not just the fundamentals, but pain tolerance and all the other things that go into playing in the trenches. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the first injury I had that wasn't just residual from pounding over time. It, it wasn't like, man, I'm sore from football. I had an injury that I was sore from. It happened in New England. We were in joint practice, and um, I had a guy engaged. He went across my body. I held on, and the back of my shoulder popped like a like a a rope on a ship. You know, and that you watch mm-hmm, them launch mm-hmm. and they hit the yeah yeah. And, and I could feel it. And I just remember how loose my shoulder felt and, and stable it felt. And it affected the way that I played. I was a one-handed bandit for quite a while, but you get good with the other hand. And by the time that other labrum heals, if you can persevere and have the presence of mind to understand that it's temporary, um, you can really sharpen your your sword a bit. Now, I've, I've seen you quoted as saying you would have loved to block for a guy like Justin Fields. Oh. and. I hear a lot of people talking about Justin Fields. I'm, I'm one of the Justin Fields believers. Yep. And when, when I hear people talk, it's, you know, he holds the ball too long. And it's also one of those things that I sometimes agree with. Not sometimes, I agree with, because he's a dude who's looking for a big play, looking for a chunk. Um, when an offensive lineman has a guy like that behind them, what's most important? Obviously, keeping him clean, but how, how do you learn how to protect a quote-unquote mobile quarterback? Uh First off, it gives you a fabulous opportunity to be on some cool highlight films. So I know these 2023 alignment want to be sexy and make TikToks. And yeah, right, right, right. There you go. The play is never over. And as my dad told me when I was younger, you never know which play is going to be the one that you could spring your guy. And I go back to watching Cody Whitehair run around the blocking. Um, and that's a prime example. If, if every, if there was five Cody white hairs out there, as coaches would say, running around like that, we get a lot more explosive plays. And when I was in Kansas city, I noticed that there was a lot of that running around 
by both tackles, they were running around finishing guys. Trey Smith finishes guys. Creed Humphrey wants to just bludgeon people. You got to make these guys pay and make your quarterback understand that he's protected. Um, and it bleeds into hanging out off the field too. So, I mean, the relationship only gets stronger with your quarterback when he knows that you know that the play is never dead. So you went through a few different coaching staffs here in Chicago. Yep. Uh, you went through the Mark Trestman era, which you were drafted into. And then you had the John Fox era and you had the Matt Nagy era. And obviously us as a Chicago Bears fans have been looking at that position for decades and trying to figure out how it could get right, what it takes to, to make sure that that position is stable. And it's just been unstable, unstable, I should say, for, for a very long time. Um, that building and that position and the importance of it. Do you think sometimes it's lost? Like, why Why has it been so long? Is it bad luck, do you think? Is it poor management? Is it uh, the, you know, the emphasis that is put on the defensive side of the ball because of a lot of, you know, past characteristics of winning teams before or the, 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 the identity of the city? Like, what, what do you think happens at that position at, in that building and what happened during your time there? I think I saw a number of issues throughout my career with the different coaches. Mark Tressman was as bright an offensive mind as I had ever seen in football to this day. He would put us in positions to where we had answers every single time with blitzes, with blitz pickups. Our offensive line was a, a, a well-oiled machine, um, but he couldn't well enough stand in front of a room of men, including Lance Briggs and Charles Tillman, and, and, and get them to buy in. Mm. Um, John Fox could get everybody to buy in. He was a great player's coach. We were a tough football team. He ran a tight ship as it, as it came to effort and playing the game in an old school way. But there was details that fell through the cracks when it came to clock management, when it came to, uh, you know, big time situations. And it doesn't all fall on the, on the head coach because that's why there's 36 guys with headphones on the sideline, right? <laughs> um, and then with Nags, obviously, he uh, inherited a situation that wasn't his. Um, there were things that were out of his control. I did really enjoy his enthusiasm. I bought in as a curmudgeon old player. I bought in to his stuff. You know what I mean? That's how good he That's how good he was. He was the coach of the year, dude. Right. He was the coach of the year. I was there the year my brother got the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Matt Nagy was the coach of the year. Ryan Pace was there looking as happy as shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like Look smiling. Not, not saying shit, just <laughs> smiling. Um, and I love that's, Ryan Pace. That's probably all brand, though. And you know I love Ryan Pace. I know, I know, um, I know. Oh, shit. Uh, so the three coaches, there was something different, you know, I always felt like Nagy was married to somebody he, wa- he didn't want to be married to. Mm. And that was something that didn't sit well with me at the end. It didn't sit well with many people. You're talking about the organization, um, talking about the quarterback or right? With the quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch was never his guy. Um, even who, though a lot of us really loved Mitch um, and would go fight for Mitch. Who and you saw, I mean, I would have, he would never say that. See, Nags is a good enough guy not to say that. Right. But uh, you would imagine that, um, and you hear the stories that Mahomes has talked about on Travis's podcast. Um, if you guys haven't checked out New Heights with the Kelsey brothers, they're mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and they had, I don't know how they got Patrick Mahomes on there, but they got him on there. And he told a story about his pre-draft visit with yeah. Matt Nagy and yeah. now Matt Nagy 
gave him the answers to the test for the Kansas City Chief visit so that when Andy Reid met with him, and you know Andy Reid didn't drop the test. Right. So when Andy Reid presented him this test, he got every answer right. And Andy Reid was quoted as saying, like, this is the smartest football player I've ever seen in my life. I've ever scouted. <laughs> and then Nags goes elsewhere. The one that got away. It truly yeah. exists yeah. in Matt Nagy's life. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it makes so I kind of feel for him now that we're saying it like I was about this. to say, dude, I kind of feel for my goddamn self. Like, it's bro, she was so fine. You should have seen her. You your friends believe you. She's out there in Kansas somewhere. Yeah, where your girlfriend? She's leaving Massachusetts, dog. I just go see her in the <laughs> summer. She's leaving my grandma's house. Yeah, <laughs> Rhode Island. Oh, see, you just, you just made a whole bunch of Bears fans, including myself, tear up just now because the, the Patrick Mahomes, Mitchell Trubisky thing. It, it was, it was a show. Patrick Mahomes was never, Patrick Mahomes was never met. Okay, I firmly believe in this. I don't believe in regrets. I don't believe in let's run it back mentally. I think that Patrick Mahomes was destined to be a Kansas City Chief, play with Andy Reid and be Travis Kelsey's Batman. And I also believe that he was destined to win a lot of rings. I also believe that Justin Fields is the guy that can rally the Look city of Chicago. And if you get Matt, if you can get uh, Coach Eberflus on the job to really operate this whole thing, um, man, yeah. I, I believe in it. Um, I don't know why. Again, blindly, blindly stupid. Again, here we go. But I believe it. You know what I mean? I saw the I saw the coaches meeting photo, mm. the, the the owners meeting mm. where the coaches were there. Mm. And they took their Flus is oh, yeah, you saw it. You saw it. This dude sets an example. Nipples gleaming. Like, people don't talk. People don't talk about Flus in the same mm -hmm. way they talk about a guy like Vrabel. Well, obviously, because Vrabel was Vrabel, but Flus is shredded. Guys, look at that. Yeah. When you walk in the building, they're like, "This dude already listed. Makes, yeah, when it, does he? It makes a difference. It makes a difference. When does he work I, out? I love, <laughs> I love the polo with the no undershirt look for any dude that's willing to show off. You know the the unbelievable the upper torso area. You feel me? No matter what you work, that's at. a confident look. Yeah, fuck what you day. And and especially if you got all the buttons buttoned up, that means hey, listen, I got shit to do, but you already saw what I did. You know, triple button. Yeah. Hey. Top button swag, as we like to call it, but you know. The yeah, only thing popping out is his uh, Adam's. Right, and that's just because he, yeah. he just did 50 sit-ups for no reason. That's the only reason. It's that's macho. Yeah. I'm not fucking with you. But I, I really... I, I, I like, I I like I the way you try to make I, us feel better, though, by the way. Like, I don't, I don't believe in be saying he should have been this, <laughs> he should have been that. Like, there was a point in time where the, the Bears tried to trade for my dad. Yeah. But it never happened. So there's a handful of people that know about that that are like, he could have been a, and then the rest of them are like, that's a Raider. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, the, that's like, that's lost on uh, fans now, I think, that just have an appreciation for Kobe the Laker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. It would have been cool to see Patrick the fucking bear, though. Let's come on now, Kyle. Like, trust me. Let's, you know, and, it would. Uh, it hurts too cool, bad to think know, like that. We went to the it hurts same too bad to think like bit. that. Yeah, but you know, what if the double doink went in? What if Mahomes was? You know, yeah. we probably wouldn't have been in that position. You know, what if what if Matt Nagy doesn't you know go off in the halftime of a Raiders game? And you know, make you get upset enough to think about ending it all. That was that was all my fault. That, that's my fault. <laughs> you know, that's just. Uh, and I've talked about this story so no, much. You're going to fucking tell it again to the people. Because you already came on here and I got, two I different podcasts. It, I, so you're going to say it I on this one on, too now. I said, it on, I said it on another podcast, and I forget where I was. But, you know, it was, uh, 
it was a this is the end moment for me. And it was such brutal honesty. For a guy who appreciated brutal honesty for so long, I wasn't set the scene at that set the scene for the at people. that point in time. Yeah, we were getting we were I was getting whooped the entire Who's first half. You? I had a I had a torn hip flexor. Um, and it happened prior to the the Commanders game. I think they were the Redskins at the yeah, time. Yeah, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Use my French. Um, but I will say, because uh, uh, I remember getting beat up in the Redskins or the Commanders game because I was so physically beat up in my hip, I couldn't drive off. So we go overseas to London. This is the game I went to, by the way. I was in the O2 arena or whatever. And I forget who I, I forget who I was playing. I try to forget, but I just remember that it was uh, a fast turf, and they were they were getting their second step in the ground really quick. And if you're a, a guy who ever played high school line, you understand a guy getting a second step in the ground quick, he feels very heavy and under your chin fast. And um, if you can't really defend yourself, you shouldn't be out there playing. I should have just been out probably but i i couldn't put my pride aside and we were at halftime and he told us we were getting our asses whooped and we were and he didn't say it so nicely and i was i was so fight or flight and that and i had fought so many times in that moment you chalked it but up. i just fly, i flighted <laughs> i flighted halfway down the hallway in my full pads and i just like i couldn't like just stand up and cry in the locker room so i was like i gotta but I didn't cry because John Tarpey got me the security guy. He brought me back out there. And I think I'd finished the game. I can't even remember, bro. I was in like a I knew it was the I knew it was my last time. And I wanted to take the time while I was packing my bag at the end of the game and all that stuff to be like, wow, you know. And my parents didn't know it was the last time because they didn't know what happened at halftime. My agent didn't know. Nobody knew. And then sure enough, I get back and I get a call from my agent like a week later that was essentially like don't go back to Alice Hall. What did you do? He's like, what did you do? And I just felt horrible about it, you know? Dude. So that's the real, that's the real it story. Was so was, it was so murky. It was Tags was trying to trigger a fight response and he got yeah, a fight response. Like, yeah. You want some more of me, old man? No. Dude, I, no, he was trying to get, he was trying to get me to like, no, I know, engage. Go, go fuck somebody yeah. up. And I just, you, you know, I just of, wasn't there. I was so beat down. If you, were, if you were empty. I think it was five, I think it was five years in a row of season ending IR yeah. of things that were just like, you know, it's like buying an old house. Just how'd you, you know, how'd you deal, always, man? Like I always, I always wonder because one <laughs> former football players and shit, even current ones, I, I asked how they're doing and I asked them genuinely because physically, you know, I respect what you guys do on a different level um, because yeah. no one gives a shit when you hurt and when you're not playing well because you hurt, because that's an excuse for a lot of people. And especially when these lights go off, no one gives a shit about you, including the league that you play yeah. in. So <laughs> I, I always generally ask like how you feeling and how you doing But in those moments, like you mentioned four or five seasons in a row where you, the shit that you love doing the most, the things that are bringing you financial um, dividends, hell, you know, you're getting rewarded. It's your identity. It's who you are. It's who you and are. Every year it ends uh, due to something outside of your, um, your doing. How, how did you cope with that? How did you deal with that? How, what were those days and nights looking like? I tried, I tried my best to remind myself that nothing is um, permanent. And I really tried to immerse myself in the rehab process. Uh, and for anybody who's been through rehab of like a major 
surgery or anything like that. It is brutal and it's Groundhog Day and you make minor, minor, minor incremental adjustments and uh, improvements every day. Um, you know, like I got married, you know, fast forward to Kansas City. Um, I went there. I was in great shape. I was a starting right guard. I was whooping ass in the spring, um, you know, trying to win all my 300-yard shuttles and like I'm a young man again. Oh my God, I'm reborn mm-hmm. in Kansas City. This is the best. Thank God for Andy Reid. And I and we're in practice the last day of practice in the spring. And uh, Chris Jones won clean on the center, um, and the center finished him. He, he he didn't win clean. He won quick, and uh, our center pushed him from here. And I was redirecting on a defensive tackle so we were coming at each other chris tripped fell into my leg or something like that i haven't seen the replay of it but we smacked knees together and mine and he hit me on the side of my knee my leg went backwards i thought i tore my acl but i shattered the bone right below my knee um and i knew right it was another the door is closed again moment and as i'm laying there on the ground they're moving the drill you know what i mean move the drill move the drill um, I had just got married, so I had just got married May first. Skip, we didn't do a honeymoon. We're gonna do the honeymoon in July. Football. So now I break my leg. There's sorry, sweetie. There's no honeymoon. Um, you know, we're I, I was in the training room every single day, and just to get back in December for a chance to maybe be on the the added seven man squad, and I ended up getting back there. So you set your goal for yourself and you get back that way. Like, so the, to answer your question, set yourself goals, understand that it's not overnight and just get in the fucking rocket ship and keep your head down, man. And surround yourself with positive people. Yeah. That sounds like uh everyday life advice, man. I, I enjoy what you do on the pod green light podcast with you and your brother and all the guests that you guys have. And, and of course, you know, seeing you, whether it be with CBS Sports for a little bit, whatever the case may be, you know, I saw you out here golfing a whole bunch when I was jumping on your Instagram. Oh, yeah. And I, I truly hope, like, there's been a lot of dudes who have come to the city and that I rooted for, you know, outside of the game. And you're one of those dudes. So I truly hope everything's good with you. Hey, congrats on the wedding and the marriage and, of course, the baby and the one-year-old yeah. situation that's getting ready to turn into 13 years old before you even know it. Um, I'm, I'm happy for you, Kyle. You seem like you're in a decent spot right now, bro. Thanks a lot, my man. Thanks for having me. And uh, when I'm in the city, let's, let's get together, it. man. We gotta, we gotta rerun it. Back, <laughs> you, already you, know you already know. You already know. We'll get some babysitters and figure this thing out, old man style. You know? Yes, sir. <laughs> Kyle Long. Yeah. Right? Thanks again, guys. Yes, sir. Kyle Long, right here on the Full Go Podcast. It's the Full Go. All right, so I know we have the NFL draft coming up here in a matter of a couple of days, and we've got a big pod planned for you. And when I say that, I I can't tell you who or what we have planned, but I just know it's going to be big. I just want to rejoice for one second here. You know, since 1992, I was a 12-year-old Bears fan in 1992, and... Don Mikowski was the guy that I had to worry about in the green and gold in the NFC North division, right? NFC Central, NFC Central back in the days, right? I had to worry about Don Mikowski. And then one day, the Green Bay Packers up and decide to trade from the, for this upstart 
was it third, fourth round pick, Southern Mississippi, playing for the Atlanta Falcons at the time, hopped up on pills and beer. And this is not alleged. He's talked about this, his time in Atlanta and what it did to his body and what it did to him personally. What I'm trying to tell y'all is from that moment till yesterday, (laughs) I have been a Bears fan in a division with the Green Bay Packers, where they have had decidedly the better quarterback and the best quarterback in the division since 1992, y'all. 1992. All right? And if you're not counting at home, I'll do it for you. That's 21 years, if my math is correct. 21 years where Brett Favre then turned into Aaron Rodgers and Chicago Bears fans year in, year out, had to do the whole, well, if you could beat the Packers, and it was not a fait accompli because, of course, the Bears beat the Packers some years. And it was some really, really good years. Shout out to 05, 06, and all those defenses that we saw with Brian Erlacher and Mike Brown and you know all you know Tommy Harris and all them dudes. I mean, we've seen some damn good teams. Damn good teams. The Jay Cutler era was was pretty cool for the start of it because you had hope. But at no point in time did you ever think that the Bears had the best quarterback in the division. Hell, you knew that the Bears didn't have the best quarterback in the division. And lo and behold, Bears fans, we can finally peek our head out, get a little sun, right? Feel good about ourselves as not only a, a football fandom, but the fact that the the New York Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers and got the number 15 pick. They they get Aaron Rodgers and a 2023 fifth round pick. The, the Packers get the 13th pick, a 2023 second round pick, a sixth round pick, a conditional 2024 second round pick that becomes a first if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the plays, which, you know, you you're kind of thinking he will. I mean, he doesn't, he's not the guy that doesn't complete seasons, even though, you know, he has been injury prone as of late these last few years, even though he's got a couple of back-to-back MVPs and all the other shit that you throw in the pot. Aaron Rodgers has always been a dude who I have respected. And as of late, been a little bit annoyed by over these last four or five years, just because of the back and forth, just because of the, 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 some of the vaccine shit that he was out there putting out into the streets and just the overall, I won't say level of annoyance, but just the weirdness that went along with Aaron. But hey, he's he's his own dude. You can do whatever you want to do. Man, he is a New York Jet Bears fan. And I will say this, and I've said it on this pod. I've said it before. Hell, I probably said it about a month ago. There's no reason. And I'm being honest about this. This is some hot take. Bears if things go the way that I think they should and will go, Bears should be the second best team in this division next year. Detroit Lions have a decent squad. Now, you might ask yourself, is Jared Goff the limiting factor? Jared Goff is playing some pretty decent football over the last year or so, too. You look at his numbers, especially the last eight games of the season, Jared Goff was right up there as one of the top six or seven quarterbacks in the league. Now, skill-wise, no, he's not that. Is he a game manager? I think he's a little bit better than that. Does he need everything to be perfect for him to to succeed? Damn near. 
And that team played their ass off. The Detroit Lions, I think, are coming. The Dan Campbell thing, we all laughed at and scoffed at. Like, all right, there's another dude who'll be fired in a couple of years and you keep it moving. Like, the Detroit Lions are putting something together there. They got every brother that has ever played NFL football on their coaching staff, right? Like, that's another thing about the Dan Campbell era that I truly, truly appreciate. Dan Campbell looked at his coaching staff and was like, not enough brothers. Give me all brothers. Give me more brothers. Give me brothers that played, that know how to relate to the brothers that they will be coaching. So, so I appreciate him for that. But Jordan Love, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, Justin Fields. Like those are the names, at least for this year coming up. And this Bears team won three games last year, being god awful. I think they can make a leap to about a good seven win team this year. And you might say that seven and ten, Jason, that's not good. I don't think this division is that damn good. I think the Vikings are ready to implode. I think how many years can you keep running the back with Kirk Cousins and realizing that the big games, he just ain't it. Hell, in this last big game, he couldn't find the offensive player of the year in Justin Jefferson down the stretch. Right. So and that defense, everybody's on rascals. Everybody's in wheelchairs like that thing. That thing is getting ready to crater. You know, Mike Zimmer couldn't hold that thing together defensively his last couple of years because of age on the team and also maybe the game had passed him by. I think um, we got the real KOC here at the ringer, but Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the, the Minnesota Vikings, had a lot of cool shit he was doing early on in the season. And it seemed like the league started to kind of come around at the end of the year offensively and in, in trying to shut them down. So I look at it as this, man. The, the Bears have put themselves in a position where you know, that when, when Ryan Pohl said that corny shit about taking the North and never giving it back, I made fun of him. Maybe it starts next year. Maybe it starts. Like, Justin feels the things that should and will be put around him after this draft, hopefully, we can start to remove some of those layers and some of those training wheels that we've been throwing on him. Like, yes, they, they're, they, whether you call them excuses, whether you call them reasons, whatever the case may be, he just didn't play well enough. The passing game wasn't efficient enough. He had to run for his life, and it ended up him missing the last couple of games of the season because of that. So what do you do? You come back, second year under Luke Getze. You get yourself a number one wide receiver in, in DJ Moore. You got Chase Claypool, who was now bumped down to, what, your third, fourth wide receiver, which is where he probably should be. Darnell Mooney, who missed a ton of the season due to injury. I'm looking forward to seeing how he really matures with with Justin Fields, not having to be the man. Right, that, that that cloud coverage and that that best corner on the team is a lot different. And so that's a lot different task. That's a lot different job description than just being the guy who gets open and gets you first downs and moves the chains and is you know devastating in the slot. You got yourself a true boundary wide receiver in DJ Moore, who's had three thousand yard seasons before the age of twenty six. So yeah, I'm not talking about the Bears turning heads and oohing and on the NFL, but for the the first times in 21 years, man, it was 20, damn, more than that. I'm tripping. Uh, yeah, no, 21. Yeah, yeah, carry Yeah, in 21 years, something like that. Yeah, more than that. Right? Since 92. Damn, 92. I was, no, it's 31. I was born, I was I born am tripping. 31 years. They have had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre for the last 31 years. 
That's like looking at the Orlando Magic when they lost Shaq and just saying, here, here goes Dwight Howard. <laughs> you, can, you can also have, again, one of the best big men, if not the best big man in the league coming up. So, Bears fans, enjoy this time. Enjoy the demise of the Packers. If that's what floats your boat, that's never been like a big deal to me. They can go, hey, when they were playing 16 games, if they went 14-2 and two and lost two games to the Packers, I, I was never the guy that would be like, oh, shit, you lost to the Packers. You know, no, no, beat everybody including the Packers. That's how I see it. And now you'll have a better chance to because there's no Aaron Rodgers. There's no Brett Favre walking through that door. I don't, y'all can't tell me that y'all think Jordan Love is good. You know why y'all can't tell me that? Because no one can tell me that because no one knows. And if Jordan Love was good, I don't know if they'd be dealing with Aaron Rodgers shit for the last two or three years in Green Bay. So yeah, Bears fans, celebrate. We knew it was coming. We just was waiting on the, the actual, you know, execution of it. We were waiting on the actual terms of the agreement. But Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet, and the Bears just might have the second best team in the NFC North. Time for some commercials. Sox Talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the Sox are winners in a thriller. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. You know, it happened a lot earlier in the season than I thought it would, but we are here, White Sox fans. We are at the point where White Sox front office people are asked about how it is in the building and how ominous it must be. Oh, there's there's not a lot of happy campers. Fuck all that, man. They're the third worst team in Major League Baseball record-wise. I don't want to hear shit about who's not happy walking around the building and how it's a tough time around around the you know the the White Sox offices. It's a tough time watching that shit on the screen. It's a tough time stomaching bad baseball still. It's a tough time watching them not pick up the baseball. It's a tough time now watching them expand strike zones, right? Elo Jimenez got hot for a little bit. Didn't matter. Still lost six, seven in a row. Didn't matter, right? Lance Lynn is out there getting pasted, right? And if he's not hurt, then we got to figure something out. And this is the other thing, too. Um, Steve Stone referencing Lance Lynn's weight on 670 to score. You know, I can understand getting your shit off and being cute. In those moments, but it's it, it seems weird, dog. It's just, just saying the dude needs to eat some more salads, or if that is like he immediately started to try to like to reel it back in, but you already got your little joke off, right? So now if I'm Lance Lynn, I come out and tell you exactly what's going on with me and my weight. And by the way, that pitched pretty well this size. Like it's never, it's not like Lance Lynn been running around here svelte for the last couple of years. No, he was the same bulldog and screaming into his mitt and cursing and doing all the shit that everybody loved last year at that weight, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he put on a couple of pounds, but this is a dude who's been hurt too, right? So I just, I, you know, I, I don't think it's swag. I don't think it's the move. Uh, going out there and referencing somebody's way. And the reason why, you know, I, I refrain from doing it. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not any better, any better, any worse than anybody. Um, you know, the, the Zion Williamson thing when it was happening and still happening, by the way, like there, there's been one time that I mentioned something about Zion's weight and I mentioned something about him, you know, enjoying beignets or something like that in New Orleans. And immediately after the show was over, I felt kind of weird about it, right? Because one, I, I remembered, um, probably about a decade ago, 
something like that. Uh, and I won't name the athlete, but I had an athlete come up to me uh, and, and mention that he was taking antidepressants. And it was the reason why he had gained so much weight. And he knew that a lot of people were on him because he seemed like he was a little bit heavier, seemed like he was a little bit slower, um, just didn't. He wasn't himself. And, you know, it's something that, you know, we all deal with. We all know people who take medication or, you know, help. Some of us are on medication and you know how weight fluctuates. And it's not just, you know, it, it, we're, we're in this space where as men, um, especially in as as covering athletes and also the athletes who are participating, we're not comfortable with one talking about our bodies and two things that affect our bodies. So I've seen athletes go whole seasons knowing that they got something going on that they just can't explain to people or aren't comfortable explaining to people. And you wonder, man, this two or three years while this guy was here, he was terrible. What happened? And then he leaves and all of a sudden it's a new lease on life and all this other stuff. Eh, you know, maybe he had to titrate or maybe something changed in his medication or maybe he went somewhere and felt better about life and had to stop taking it. So I, I, I caution anybody who immediately like, yeah, if you want to get your jokes off, cool, but also throw out there the caveat that maybe there's something going on that we're not quite aware of or understanding of, right? Like, it's, you know, this whole, you know, you never comment on a woman's weight thing. Well, you know, as men, some of us are as fragile as, as, as anybody out there. And if a dude's got something going on and it's out of his um, control or he's trying to control, so, and I'm not saying this about Lance Lynn. Right. This is separate from Lance Lynn, but I stopped engaging in that way. And I try not to engage in that way uh, because, uh, you know, of that one athlete who was like, yo, this is what was happening with me this entire year. And this is what, you know, this is why my heavy ass has been running around here like five, seven pounds heavier than I'm used to. So uh, and once again, not saying that's what Lance Lynn is going through. And I'm not saying that's what Steve Stone has to be cognizant of. It's just the entire Sox thing is messy is um it doesn't feel good already and we're only 23 24 games into the season i told myself and i told y'all at the end of the last year that i wasn't going to do this every single night riding this roller coaster with this team and yes i know there's no liam hendricks there's no tim anderson there's no you know yo makata has been in and out of the lineup there's a lot going on there's a lot of injuries but guess what y'all i don't care i don't care you know why because people's TV time, people's money, the, the jerseys that you buy, the concessions that you that you purchase when you're there, the parking, all that shit ain't taking time off either, right? Like your dollar is going out there and being spent and it's not on the, the discount because guys aren't healthy enough. They have not put out the requisite product that they told you that they would put out. And it's as simple as that. So when I see the Chicago Sun-Times, when I see the Chicago Tribune and they start talking to people higher up than the people throwing the ball, catching the ball and hitting the ball Kenny Williams was quoted as saying you have to know I'm not in a good place right now I'd be lying if I said I weren't concerned well guess what man don't nobody want to give nobody care about the place that you're in and it's and listen as a person who has had to produce content no matter what was happening in his life, no matter what was happening in the background, no matter the day that you had, when these lights are on, it's time to fucking perform. And some days are better than others, but you got to have a certain level that will keep people coming back. 
this team has gotten out of the gates as poorly as anybody could have imagined. They are the third worst team in baseball record-wise. Everything that Pedro Grifo said at the at the uh, introductory press conference about this team going harder, picking up the baseball, attention to detail, beating teams just because they were doing the little things, that shit has not come to fruition. If it had, this team would be 16 and 7 instead of 7 and 16 as we sitting here recording on a Tuesday night. So, no, I don't want to hear about how tough it is around the White Sox offices right now and no one's happy and how people aren't smiling. I don't give a shit about any of that. You know why? Because as a White Sox fan, I've heard this before. I've heard Kenny Williams talk like Morpheus before and, 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 you know, try to do the whole, you know, we are doing things at a certain pace and nah, man, fucking win games, put a team out on this field that white Sox fans can be proud of. And even if they're not as talented as everybody else, because this team is talented, right? Play the kind of baseball that I know can turn itself around. Sometimes you just get bad luck. Sometimes balls find gloves. Sometimes the wind is blowing. It blows a, a ball out to right field. Next thing you know, it's a 3-2 game. You sit there, you lose. That's enough, Siri. But no, seriously, man, try the things that you said you would try. How about shrinking the strike zone? The White Sox have struck out the third most times in Major League Baseball already. That was going to be one of the focal points coming into this year, if I'm not mistaken. Luis Robert, strike zone, starts at his eyebrows, ends at his toenails, and is about good four inches off the dish each way. At what point does that get fixed before we start talking about him like we do other prospects who just didn't make it? And at what point... Does the whole White Sox, ba- you know, stay out of White Sox business? What is White Sox baseball right now? If there's a brand of baseball that you would say that this team is going to play and win with, not not just play, play and win with. I remember as a kid watching how Ron Gardenhire used to motivate the Minnesota Twins. You knew the Twins was going to come in there and do everything in their power because they didn't have the payroll. They were going to come in there and play good baseball. They were going to come in there and run the bases well. They were going to come in there and not beat themselves, not walk batters, pitch well, and get out of there with a 2-1 series win. Why can't the White Sox play baseball like that? The Guardians came in here and kicked your ass up and down the field, whether it be in Cleveland or whether it be here in the city of Chicago. And when they clinched, they partied in your motherfucking locker room. They partied in your clubhouse. So much so that you can hear them saying things like fire Tony and joking about the White Sox. So when does that start? I'm tired of hearing about people having, you know, um, scowls on their faces as they walk around uh, guaranteed rate field. I'm tired of hearing dudes go on these radio stations or talk to uh, beat writers and, with these tones of, you know, concern and, and this is the way things should. No, 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 just do it. I don't want to hear anything anymore. Don't want to hear anything from Rick. Don't want to hear anything from Kenny. Fucking win baseball games. Because if you're putting a roster out there that you trust, and this is the manager that your guy handpicked, who's at fault here? Who's at fault? And for everybody out there saying, oh, well, you know, it's too early. It's not like they can't turn this thing around. We did this shit for six and a half months last year. 
We looked at this team and said, oh, yeah, you know, the, the hitting will come around at some point. Yo, know, Mankata will start to hit like he does on the back of the baseball card, all that back of the baseball card shit. Oh, Yasmani Grandal, at some point, he's going to hit. He's the biggest free agent signing in White Sox history. At some point, it's going to happen, right? At some point. And then you mess around, you get to the end of the season, and you're sitting on 80, 81 wins. So don't tell me it's too early. Don't tell me you're concerned. Do something about it. I'm tired of hearing from these franchises in this city about what's unacceptable. Show me it's unacceptable. What does it mean to have something be unacceptable now? I knew in my household, unacceptable meant if you did this, you was getting your ass whooped or you was getting grounded. Something was happening. That was the unacceptable part. What is unacceptable right now for the Chicago White Sox? And I know it's too early. You know, you're not going to fire anybody. But I mean, come on, man. I don't want to hear about how tough it is walking around the White Sox offices right now. I've heard this before. I've heard all of these things before. And I'll be goddamned if I was looking forward to a four or five year window of winning where we're in year four of that window and there's been no winning. There's been a playoff visit where you got your ass handed to you by the eventual champions. So I hope everyone's walking around with a scowl. I hope people stop talking about it and start doing something about it pretty soon here. Because we've got a long summer coming up. Well, that's all the time we have for episode 235 of the Full Go podcast. I want to thank our guest, former Chicago Bear, Kyle Long. You can check him out and his brother on the Greenlight podcast. Kyle jumps on there once a week or so. And the podcast is actually pretty funny. Uh, a bunch of football dudes chopping it up in a way that football dudes aren't allowed to seemingly when they play like having fun and enjoying each other's time. So make sure y'all check out the Green Light Podcast. Thank you to Kyle for jumping on with us and spending a lot of his time with us. want to thank our production staff as always. You saw him in the pre-production part. Our guy, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti. He's taking care of that family, taking care of that baby, trying to get that that night schedule down. God bless you, brother. God bless you. It's going to take a lot of wine. A lot of wine. Not for the baby, for you. I don't know how you get down though, by the way. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to parent your kid. You know, if you want to, want to throw the little girl a little wine every once in a while, I'm not mad at it. Um, <laughs> that baby melatonin is for fucking birds, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank, want to thank our guy, Chris Sutton. And of course my main man, Tony Gill. Uh, sometimes he is the bane of my existence. Sometimes he is the best friend that I didn't know I needed. He is Tony Gill. I want to thank y'all for downloading this thing, for subscribing to this thing, for following us, for hanging out with us, subscribing, like I mentioned, and rating and reviewing this thing, giving it the five stars that you know it needs. If not, we will uh, see you in these streets, right? And, and thank you for listening to my Vegas escapades. I'm sure you will think less of me, uh, especially during the second half of that conversation when, uh, and by the way, y'all, it was it's really tame what I bought from Amazon. Don't don't get carried away. You know, y'all got carried away last pod. Y'all got carried away. Okay. It's pretty tame. Okay, it's a little kit. You know what I mean? That's all the things that a great evening should provide, you know. So shout out to y'all. I'll uh, I'll share my Amazon uh shopping list on on Twitter one of these days. Um, we will catch y'all on Thursday. Make sure that y'all are keeping that full goal voicemail line for you. Uh, you know, keeping it near and dear and close to your heart. 
So 773-359-3103. 773-359-3103. The wildest shit that you've ever bought on Amazon. Write it up. Go ahead and leave your submissions there. No, no, no. Please don't. Please, please don't. Because I know there's some weirdos that listen to our show. And I love y'all, but some of that shit y'all got to keep to yourself. So like I mentioned, 773-359-3103. If you got anything on your bird, make sure you drop it there. Uncensored, unfiltered. Hey, Jay, one time I bought myself a, a, a ball gag. Say, say, say. That did come in the kit, though. That did come in the kit. Nice little flogging item came in the kit. Uh, some uh, restraints, you know, that kind of thing. Hey, man, kidding me? You know, <laughs> not that religious. Can't be a missionary all the time, man. All right, so for Tony Gill. Chris Sutton, Steve Cerruti, and all the people who this is their last time listening to the podcast. We appreciate y'all. Uh, we will catch y'all on Thursday, round one of the NFL draft. Looking forward to whoever the Bears are going to pick at number nine, or are they going to trade back? Huh? Dun, dun, dun. Ryan Poles, he will be center stage. We will talk about it after the draft on Thursday. But until then, we leave you with this as always. Take care of each other. Be safe. And remember to stay sucker free.